0: Hello and welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast, I'm your host Jacob Granger. Each week we bring you the most interesting conversations from around the media industry and today, well it's our last podcast of the year and I have a special guest with me to reflect on 2020 and give us a forecast for 2021. Now we could be here all day talking about how rubbish 2020 has been, instead we put a call out to our network with one simple question. What is your one hope or wish for the media industry in 2021 joining me today is journalism.co.uk's editor marcella canova and we will be listening to your submissions offering our thoughts and insights based on what we have reported on this year and there's also a few of our own hopes and wishes in the mix as well don't go anywhere that's all to come but first here is something for your diary As well as great editorial content, Journalism.co.uk provides media training for journalists, editors and other media professionals. Make 2021 the year of upskilling yourself. On the 11th of January, we are running a four-week online course for creating shareable news videos for social media, and that's led by Cassie Show, an award-winning journalist and audience strategist, and the former audience development editor at Buzzfeed News and Quick Take by Bloomberg. For this course and all the other great courses we run, head over to journalism.co.uk forward slash courses. Marcella, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. (laughs) <laughs> it must be strange being on the other side of the microphone for a change.
1: It It is lovely to be here, Jacob. Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: <laughs> of course, in a very different working situation than we normally would. I'll, I'll start by asking you the same question that I've started asking all of my guests on the podcast, Marcella. What is the working situation like for you at the moment?
1: Well, Jacob, I have to say, I do miss you because what our listeners don't know, our desks used to be next to each other. So uh, we would have quite a good amount of banter uh, during our, our normal working time. Um, it, you know, I think I, I just got used to it, I suppose. Um, it was very confusing at the beginning. I I kind of lost my markings, timings, uh, just the whole routine really went out of the window. But, um nine months in, or how many? Um, Something like that. um, You know what, this is, I mean, well, I'm not going to say that phrase that involves something new and something normal, but um, it's just, that's just the way it is, isn't it? You know what, in the end of the day, I'm just so happy we are able to keep on working and keep on providing our readers and listeners with um, valuable content and information and just, you know, everything they need to make their working lives successful. And um, I'm really grateful.
0: the reason I ask is that so much of this year we've spoken about just how hard it is and you know we decided this year at the end of the year we would say well what do we hope will go right next year and so we reached out to our community and we said okay what is your one wish or hope for the media industry in 2021 Um, and we've kind of got a few of those to talk about today haven't we so In the spirit of talking about what might go right in 2021, here's our first submission, courtesy of Jules Hotz, the campaign manager of the Solutions Journalism Network.
2: My wish for the media industry in 2021 is for more journalists and news outlets to report on solutions. As 2020 revealed so many systemic issues and problems, we need to hear in 2021 about what's working to solve them.
0: Solutions journalism does feel like a topic we've spoken lots about, reported lots about this year, Marcela. Uh, Would you broadly agree with what Jules has said there about wanting to see a few more solutions uh, in our media coverage uh, rather than droning on about the same problems and issues?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I think, especially during the pandemic, we realised how important it is to work on news people can use. Um, I think loads of people concentrate on content and, you know, wanting to produce more, write more. People do need more content. It's an absolute deluge of information we have out there and giving people something actually useful that is not only talking about what is going wrong, but also what we are trying to do about it. It's, it's indispensable. Like, I don't even know why we have this conversation. It's, it should just be natural. Because in the end of the day, you know, we all like our... Good rant, but in the end of the day, you need an information you can actually implement. And I think solutions journalism should be just there for for absolutely everyone. We have to examine what works or what people are trying to do to to address the situation. And, you know, without it, I think our news, you know, I don't want to say doesn't make any sense, but we really are just saying half of the story.
0: Have you seen anyone that's doing solutions journalism really well this year?
1: Oh, you put me on the spot there. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are loads of uh, prominent actors that spring to mind, such as you know, Guardian Upside, that has been going on for, for a very long time. But what I see is that the solution journalism spirit is kind of seeping into newsrooms. And maybe loads of uh, journalists don't start with, this is my new solutions journalism stream. But I, I see a shift in perception of news and journalists genuinely trying to, you know, to report news that is useful, you know, that looks at, okay, this is the problem, and now what? And now what is someone doing? Now what can you do? Now what you know, the government is doing or the science is doing? And especially the pandemic really proved how incredibly important it is to report on sort of, you know, something like vaccine, you know, are we amplifying people's fears or are we addressing them?
0: That ties in nicely with our next submission from Thomas Bakedale, a very well-known media analyst. And he has two wishes for the media industry in 2021. We didn't put a rule in saying you couldn't have to, so fair play. Um, And the first one is exactly what we're talking about here, wishing to see more news that people can use in 2021.
2: The first thing is the trends that we see around solution-based journalism. This is such an interesting trend because it's a different form of journalism where the focus isn't just about reporting the news to the public, but actually trying to think about what the public needs from us. So in 2021, I hope and wish to see this trend move forward and to see much more interesting implementations and things around this. What are your thoughts on
0: that, Marcela?
1: One thing that would be actually really useful is producing less content. I genuinely mean it. You know, how about we try or produce just a, just a tiny bit less content, but a better quality content. You know, if our readers need to read one article today, let's make it worth their time and effort. And this is something I would really like to see um, also for, for 2021. And it is in the spirit of solutions journalism, where you truly try to provide how news people can use and, and tell stories that matter.
0: Yeah. There's one example I would like to sort of flag up, and it was uh, a French publisher, Cités. They spoke at uh, the News Impact Summit, which was all about audience engagement strategies in in October. And I think this demonstrates also the benefit of kind of um, pivoting in response to your audience needs. So the publisher is very well known for its investigative journalism. But, you know, when it, when we went into that initial lockdown, they really shifted to simple health explainer stories and, and accepting quite from the beginning that we don't necessarily have the expertise, but our members actually do. And it turns out they had an epidemiologist in their ranks. And as a result, over the lockdown period, they actually uh, boosted their membership by about 800 people. Um, So a good example there, I think, of um, the value of producing more content that the public needs. Are there any other examples that come to mind for you?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it it is an obvious one, but I think it really deserves highlighting. And that's the BBC News, where, you know, no matter what the main story is, uh, there seem to be sort of two pinned articles on top of your news app, where there is always, you know, what are the current rules? Uh, You know, am I allowed to, what I know, meet people over Christmas? You know, can pubs stay open? And it just answer very, very practical questions that you as a reader, you would just expect to, you know, open a news site and you are looking for answers. And this year, BBC, naturally, it's a public news uh, provider, so you expect them to provide news people can use, and there is actually useful. Um, But I think they, they have done this really, really well this year when they answered practical question and you know pinned these articles on top of the website on top of the news app they are easy to grasp if you you know maybe you are not used to reading your stories or you know you are not an avid news reader you can just open an app or go on a website and you see these articles right in front of you
0: yeah I, I agree I think it was only the other day they had one about uh, is your is your region in the the new tier four Uh, restrictions in place and and stuff like that is just a really clear simple topic which matters and and everyone wants to know it
1: absolutely and and the the postcode search Mm, because in the end of the day you know obviously it's a national broadcaster it's a national news uh, media so they, they can't be possibly covering every single you know little hamlet but you can you know they did develop a tool where you can check your own postcode because what in the end of the day what really matters to people is what is happening around them
0: so let's listen to part two of Thomas's Wishes for 2021. And again, it's one around continuing to see the trends of something else that we've seen this year, which is the rise of entrepreneurial and independent journalism in the truest sense of the word.
2: The second thing that I look forward to is to see what's going to happen around the trend about independent journalism. So if you think about what a journalist is supposed to be, then in the past, a journalist was an employee. You went to journalism school and then you started working for an existing publisher or a newspaper or whatever. Obviously, sometimes it might also be that you were a freelancer, but even then you were still working for other people. But what we saw in 2020 was that people started thinking about independent journalism, where instead of writing for others, you started writing your own publications, you created your own newsletters, your own podcast, and your own, well, anything really. And this is such an exciting trend that I'm looking forward to seeing much more of in 2021.
0: Yeah, it's definitely an interesting trend to keep an eye on next year but one that we've heard and other people have documented is wrought with challenges and difficulties uh, as well as you know benefits too so marcella let me get your thoughts on this what do you think about this trend of independent journalism
1: we definitely see the rise of uh, the independent journalists i mean some journalists have been planning that for a long time some found themselves in a situation where they just sort of started um either because of redundancies or change of the, you know, changes in the media organizations. I think definitely it's a trend that is here to stay. Um, what I really, really wish on top of Thomas's wish is to see just a little bit more diversity in this. Um, to be, you know, like an um, entrepreneuriat in general, it is very male dominated. It is dominated by white men, uh, mostly. I obviously need money to start. Starts are slow. Uh, it costs. Uh, you don't earn money straight away. And I think the affordability of uh, being able to launch your own media brand is major obstacle. Um, there are also other issues like obviously self confidence and you know the 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 audience that you serve. And I truly wish we not only see more independent journalists launching their own brands and and doing this amazing and often niche work that major media organizations are perhaps not doing just as well. But I also hope this will be the opportunity for, you know, for women, for minorities, for people of different age groups, uh, different geographies, to be able to speak to the audiences that that are like them or to bring stories that um, just big media outlets simply are are not covering. And there is a huge potential and I genuinely believe that every community is best served by people from that community, whatever defines the community. And independent journalism uh, is one of the best solutions for, for that. Um, and, you know, we are at Journalism School UK, we are planning to uh, help some of the independent journalists in the next year. Uh, there are projects in the pipeline that I'm not going to...
0: <laughs> not even I know about this. What's going on?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is in the pipeline. You know, one part of our focus is definitely on empowering uh, independent journalists, existing and, and independent journalists to be, and, and help this trend, um, you know, either through training or um, through dedicated editorial. We will really, really try to be on their side especially at the beginning when, you know, beginnings are tough. Whatever whatever business you're starting, it is incredibly difficult. And we absolutely want to support independent journalists. Mm.
0: Give us a few uh, shout outs then. Who are the indie journalists to kind of watch next year then, who's occupying the space quite well?
1: Right, well, from the, well, I wouldn't say legacy ones, uh, you mentioned Thomas Beigel, who uh, has celebrated 10 years uh, this year, if I remember, of his brand, Beigel Media. Um well, the, one of the um, amazing uh, women independent journalists that you heard on your podcast was Isabel Gore, who launched her borderline podcast. Uh, and, you know, it's tough, but she is absolutely smashing it.
0: The two examples you've given me, what, what are they doing right?
1: I think the first thing is to identify your audience. Where is the need in the market that is not currently fulfilled? And once you get your audience, uh, I think the, the most difficult thing is the focus. Really narrow it down what you start to do because there are a million things you can do. So focus on that thing that you need to grow and then dedicate the necessary time and resources to grow it. And I think Isabel is doing this really well. Uh, She has launched a podcast. Uh, She has a, a funding model through Patreon. You know, you can't do everything when you're one man or one woman band. And I think she's focusing on the on the right things to start to grow her listenership and grow the the revenue. And, you know, it's it's growing. I've been talking to her quite recently and I know how tough it is, especially at the beginning. But um, I don't think she appreciates how well she, she is doing at the moment. And I'm very excited to see how uh, she will continue.
0: Yeah, it's hard for a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons right now. That kind of brings us to our next clip from Ayo Adakayero. He's the social media manager for Presspad, which is an organisation here in the UK that organises host mentorships for journalism students. He does that part-time because he's also a student. He's also a journalism student. Um, Let's listen to his wish for the media industry in 2021.
3: I think my one hope for the media industry in 2021 is to not give up on young and new journalists. I know at the moment most media organisations are going to be thinking about costs and there are now big worries that young people joining the job market are going to be royally scrawled over by the impacts of the pandemic in terms of finding jobs and so on. And I think it's really easy for organisations and editors to like close down doors and give only options to people that they trust and people that um, are already in the media i think it's is already really important to still cultivate these nude voices especially in terms of diversifying the media um it may sound kind of self-centered as a young journalist myself but this also includes the hundreds of young journalists that i've come to know over this past year um so my wish is If you really care about the diversifying the media, the answer is to not close down options for new journalists in an industry that is already competitive.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. You know, the media industry should maintain its commitment to young and diverse talent, even throughout these economic challenges that they are facing right now. And, you know, we have seen some diversity schemes still going ahead uh, this year and into next. So fingers crossed on those. I guess that's only one half of the discussion, though. When those uh, opportunities come up, um, journalists have to be in a position to take those opportunities as well. Marcella, what do you think journalism students and journalism graduates can be doing to maximise their odds of getting a job post-university?
1: I think the the skills are universal and pretty timeless. So... I think the, the most important thing is to be genuinely interested and genuinely passionate about the work you want to do. When you are passionate, this just comes through, you know, no matter where you come from, no matter what university you graduated from, or none, uh, the, the, you know, the enthusiasm and the energy and the interest and the, just the will to do it. Um, those are the, the most attractive skills you can you can find in in any um, young person who wants to become a journalist. So, by you know whichever way you can show that, um, do it. Whether it's your own, you know you can self publish uh, from blogs to social media to um, YouTube to you know the, uh, newsletter. You know there is absolutely there's myriad of possibilities you can do right now uh, to to just show that interest and you know when when you're really passionate about either an area or a topic or a particular audience um you can you know y- you can tell stories um and 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 that that will that will shine through wherever wherever you're flying um you know don't uh, be scared to pitch your stories um i would very much encourage aspiring journalists to um, approach perhaps um, more um, experienced journalists and talk to them. You know, we always say find a mentor. Uh, it's, I know it's not that easy, but you know, just talking to um, senior peers can really give you some extremely uh, valuable insights. And yeah. you know, and write and script and produce and shoot and you know whatever your your craft is, uh, just do it. You know, try to become as good as you as you can be and and just persevere you know, if if you need to take another job to make ends meet do it you know there is no it's nowhere written that you have to graduate and unless you get you know a contract next month you will never be a journalist maybe it will take longer uh, but you know don't ever abandon the of the dream really
0: to your first point about finding your niche and putting some work out to the public. You know, what we said previously about independent journalists is actually a really good source of inspiration because, like you said, they occupy some kind of a niche and they're doing all sorts of things on the side, be that podcasts, newsletters, some sort of way of publishing. So uh, follow a few of those recommendations and maybe that could be a useful source of inspiration. The thing I would add to that is, you know, this year we did a series of articles around journalism graduates who found a job throughout the pandemic. A, to show that it is possible despite the um, harsh realities of the job market right now, but B, to kind of uh, offer some best practices. And the real common thread that we saw is that most of the people who found jobs post-university were doing something proactive, be that, you know, they had experience on their student podcast, they were getting involved with their student newspaper, they were doing something on the side I think one of ours had like, you know, a TikTok account that they were using to demonstrate some of their creativity. So for me, you know, the big lesson there was be proactive. And even in the meantime, if you're struggling to find work, be doing something to keep your skills razor sharp. Um, On the basis of that series of stories, Marcella and all the uh, students that we've been in contact with, what do you see as the other common threads to success the things which, you know, the most promising journalists are all doing. Any, any best advice?
1: I, I think the, the most successful uh, students, if we really talk about students and graduates, that we've seen um, recently, were people who were dedicated to a particular beat or a particular area. Um, you know, we had loads of um, students who did virtual work experience with us. Throughout the year, and we saw, um, you know, often, you know, they would be very shy or perhaps not very confident in perhaps pitching a story. And then when you dig a little bit, you will you will find that passion. Oh, I really I'm really passionate about kids' news, or I'm really passionate about, I don't know, social media, or you know, whatever. Sometimes sometimes it was very surprising, you know, sports, whatever that could be. And once you found what really made them take what they truly, you know, felt passionate about, broadcast, podcast, presenting, you know, we, we saw so much raw talent. And once you gave them opportunity to do that thing they're really good at and they're really passionate about, you just saw them shining. They it, it become just completely different, uh, different people. And this is what I want to um, emphasize, you know, truly do what you love. You are probably the best at it. If you don't enjoy something, no one else will enjoy what you what you do when you try to produce it so um yeah the 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 enthusiasm i suppose and the the curiosity um that that has to be there and whichever way you manage to show it to the world do it
0: yeah some great advice in there marcella we have a similar submission here from rea kansara who is a bbc3 journalist and she talks about uh continuing to diversify the media in 2021 as one of her main wishes, but specifically the reason to do this uh, comes out of one of her main lessons from 2020. Take a listen.
1: I hope that we continue lifting and nurturing the voices of young journalists who tap into stories that traditionally wouldn't be told with the same nuance or care. If 2020 taught me anything, it was the power and the importance of the relationship between a storyteller and the story giver um, to take a reportage from something that's just telling the news to telling impactful news or being impactful news.
0: I love what Raya says there about the relationship between the storyteller and the story giver. And, you know, she has a really good example of uh, a story reported with attention to nuance. She did a documentary a few months back called go back to where you came from and this was in the aftermath of the uh, black lives matter movement and the death of george floyd at the hands of um, u.s police so this documentary really wrestled with that all too frequent insult that we hear of the same of the same name go back to where you come from and and the ramifications of that abuse she speaks to victims as well as those who are standing up against it um, into really delve into what that means for British identity. So if you've not seen that documentary, um, that would be one that I would flag up and say, you know, do go and Google search it now. Go back to where you came from, uh, BBC. Marcella, are there any other strong examples of storytelling this year that you would like to point out? You know, if there's one story our readers should absolutely read this year, if they haven't already, what is it?
1: I mean, you know, I'm thinking of someone like Hannah Storm, Uh, opened up a very important conversation about mental health in newsrooms and and the way she did it is she spoke about her own experience and you know sometimes it is extremely important to hear from people who who experienced first-person you know whatever we are trying to um, to to talk about as as a topic and that I suppose that authenticity allowed many other people to to share their stories and and start to have this discussion. And you know, maybe if we had someone who he did not start or who would not share their own personal experience, maybe we would not have that conversation so um, you know, so intensely as we as we did this year. And and I think loads of other journalists were um, you know, they felt emboldened because we all have Experience obviously with stress or anxiety, uh, maybe not necessarily, you know, PTSD or or you know more um, serious mental health issues uh, as a result of of working in a newsroom. But I think you you just need to have these these torchbearers of of topics that are extremely difficult to talk about. And you know, Hannah spoke to many other professionals, um, you know, and she she really. Um, tries to sort of get that conversation going within the community, and and I found it extremely powerful. And we need, you know, we need people who either raise the voice or give voice um, to other people and to facilitate uh, these new voices.
0: Yeah, it was an incredible story by Hannah. And you know, if you haven't read it, make it the next thing you Google. My mental health journey uh, by Hannah Storm, and that's on Pointer. Um, so more of these nuanced stories which help new conversations come to light, I guess would be the takeaway from these two things. Let's kind of move on to our last submission from Mike uh, Donahue, who's the CEO of Subtext. And it rounds it off on an, on a nice note. He essentially says that he would like to see more focus on teamwork and leadership in 2021. I really hope this is the year that we finally start betting on ourselves by investing in our talent, in our relationship with our audience versus chasing fleeting trends or building our business on someone else's land like the social platforms. I mean, there's so much untapped value in the exchange between an individual writer and their most ardent fans, and yet most of our reader revenue strategies still focus on gatekeeping information and monetizing on the brand level. My sincere hope is that media companies recognize this emerging trend and empower their journalists to create sustainable communities that benefit the journalist,
1: the brand and their audience.
0: You know, a lot of that stuff that Mike talks about there doesn't happen without really strong leadership at the top, Marcella. And of course, leadership has been a massive prominent topic of ours this year. Um, we've done so much reporting on it. Um, we've discussed it at our News Rewired conferences, Looking back on this year, Marcella, what have we learned about leadership and are there any really strong examples of leadership that we've seen this year?
1: So one of uh, the examples was uh, the Spanish daily newspaper called El Pais, uh, when the crisis hit. Um, so the uh, editorial team uh, focused on on reader and focused their team on um, really sources journalism for for the readers so we had two examples so one was acknowledging uh, that we are in an extremely precarious and frail situation and then just being honest and being transparent with the audiences as well as with the teams and and just over communicating really telling just sharing everything that's going on sharing data sharing the situation and admitting we don't necessarily have solutions. I think that was kind of the common thread from every uh, story of great leadership I heard this year. Transparency and honesty, being open, uh, show vulnerability, and then focus on the essentials. Stop making unreasonable um, demands on, on people and kind of help your staff. I suppose showing support and listen. You need to tell people what's going on, but you also have to be able to sit back And just listen to their problems and their suggestions and i suppose every organization that i've seen doing well this year had that in common
0: final question kind of from me is what is your one hope or wish for the media industry in 2021 (laughs) you knew this was coming
1: i really want to experiment more You know, I understand that obviously it's a crisis mode and we all just kind of froze and and didn't want to venture anywhere further than our comfort zone. But I truly hope that because of this shakeup and because of this disruption, we will just be more adventurous and, you know, try to develop other new products or new strategies or, you know, just any new idea and then test them and monitor success and learn from success as well from, as, um, from failures as Tim Griggs and Ryan Tech, um shared at, at News Reward. And, you know, just experiment before we have it all figured out and had 25 meetings to talk about it. Just, you know, just get a working prototype and get it out there and then develop it. Um, because I think what we as journalists are kind of fundamentally pre-hardwired uh, sort of to do is it for us? You know, we craft an article until it's near perfect and then we publish it and then that's that. You know, any correction is, is, you know, a horrible mistake and should never happen. And developers are exactly the opposite, you know. As long as something roughly has four legs and walk on its own, just get it out there and then observe it and then do, you know, another version, another version and then perfect it. So we have so just... Our mindsets are just so different, but now I see why journalists need to work just a little bit more than um, as developers, but computer product developers. We really need to act more, test more, and talk less. Mm. So, Jacob, what is your wish?
0: My main wish is a little bit selfish. (laughs) I wish for more human interaction. I am just had enough of zoom calls and had enough of uh, written communication and emailing i want to do some face-to-face interviews when it's safe to do so that's top of my christmas wish list <laughs>
1: I, I don't think there is anyone listening to you that that can relate to that mm. um it's it you know it all feels isolating but you know again it's all temporary and yeah. i think when we know it's temporary it's it's just a little bit easier to bear
0: marcella thank you for coming on the podcast with me Thank you for your thoughts and your wishes. And um, have a very Merry Christmas.
1: Well, Jacob, I will see you in the new year one way or another.
0: Thank you, Marcella, for all of your thoughts there. And a big thanks to everyone who submitted their hopes and wishes for this podcast. Jules, Thomas, Ayo, Rhea and Mike. Thank you very much. No doubt 2021 will have more challenges lying in wait. But as we have seen repeatedly this year, the crisis has actually given us the push innovate the podcast will resume on the 7th of january but if you are desperate for more you can find more of our episodes on soundcloud spotify and apple podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast and if you'd like to feature on the show next year please do drop me an email on Jacob@Journalism.co.uk. at but that's all we have time for this week thank you so much for listening take some well-earned time off i wish you a very merry christmas and a happy new year until next time